What's up, everybody? What's going on? Um, it was some information shared in this episode that we did not have the opportunity to pass the information along in depth. And I wanted to make sure I gave myself an opportunity to share this information with you guys just in case a family member or a loved one would like to know more about these programs. The first program is called the Capital Guardian Youth Challenge Academy. This academy is military-driven, and it's military-based. It's right at 3201 Oak Hill Drive, Laurel, Maryland, 20724. Their phone number is 202-730-1531. And the website that can be found for them is also cgyca.org. Again, that's cgyca.org. And it's, I hear it was a very good academy, um, that they're doing good things. And it's just one of these, you know, places, one of these outlets that we could just look for help for our kids. The second one is called the Free State Challenge Academy. And the Free State Challenge Academy is, you know, a good one in my eyes because I was actually a mentor for 18 months within this academy. And this academy is located at 4230 Bill Road in Gunpowder, Maryland. The zip is 21010. Their phone number is 410-436-3220. And their website is freestatemil.maryland.gov. Two great programs, two places to start looking to see if you need help with your young man or your young woman in your life. Um, And, you know, I always try to give information out where I I see fit. And I felt like last night we kind of talked about this information, but we didn't have an opportunity to to, to give the information out. So I wanted to come back, um, double back, get y'all the information. And if, you know, whoever needs it, it's here for them to to get, you know what I mean? So whether it's a family member, um, somebody that wants to mentor, regardless. The information is here. Hope you check them out, and I hope they're helpful. Um, again, this conversation needs to be had, and I hope you all enjoy the show. Appreciate you. This is an 87 TV network exclusive.
What's going on, everybody? What's going on? I welcome y'all back to the show, man. This is gonna be a nice. This is gonna be a nice show tonight, man, because it's been something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and I feel like at sometimes, you know, it don't get talked about enough. And I think we do talk about it in a way where, you know, um, it just gets swept up under the rug at some point because um, a lot of people either aren't too um, are too prideful to talk about um, certain things that may happen in their household. And then some people are scared to talk about it because they don't want other people to feel like they may be weak or to hear some of the um, concerns that they may have raising a black son. And the reason why I say that is because I was raised by a single mother um, and she raised two of us um, with the help of my grandmother. And I just think about um, all of the stuff that's going on out here in the community now with black men and not just, you know, um, the police officers dealing with black men, you know, um, talking about the shootings and, you know, the involvement with the police, but black on black um, gun violence and just violence in general, because it just seems like in order to settle our differences, we have to go to the point of violence. And I don't think that that's the, that it shouldn't be the norm anymore. I think that should be something that should be done and over with. So I got two guests that's here tonight. Um, and I'm thankful that both of you ladies are here tonight with me. I really, really appreciate this because I feel like this will be a candid conversation that I think, um, depending on you know what you're comfortable with letting out, I think it would be uh, beneficial to mothers and fathers in general because there's a lot of fathers out there that give y'all the role once they gone. You know what I'm saying? That's something that I understand because, again, like I said, my mother was raised, I mean, I, I was raised by a mother who um, did it by herself. And I will always tell anybody that my father was there. I mean, he was influential in my life. I would use that term, influential, because he was. I mean, I I kind of know who I am now when I think of him and I look at myself. I'm like, oh, okay, that's Melvin. Oh, okay, I know where I got that from. But I got a lot of the smarts and a lot of the empathy, a lot of the... Um, a lot of the, um, it's another word I want to look for, humility from my, from my grandmother. But then I got a lot of the energy and spirit and wanting to go get from my mother. Because my mother was out there working two and three jobs, part-time at the pancake house. It was times that she had to get somebody to pick me up to take me to, to, to her because she didn't want me to be home with my brother. Because she know, you know, it was probably a... I know I got one out there, but I ain't going to have two. So she used to try to keep me as close to her as possible. So, you know, I would go to the Pangy house, do my homework. And um, the manager one time was like, you want bus, you want bus tables? So I, I would help her. I would do her tables, but they would give me 2 or $3. So that was a way for me to kind of not be, you know, um, I guess where my brother was, so to speak. But it ended up being that way regardless because of the neighborhood, me, get, me getting older, me not wanting to be up under my mother all the time. So I kind of branched off and kind of went out there in that lifestyle. And I remember the first time I got locked up, it broke her heart because yeah. she thought she was doing a good enough job where I wasn't going to get caught up, and I did. And then it got to the point where I got caught up a lot. And I'm not going to say she gave up on me, but I want to talk about this conversation because I feel like it's a lot of mothers. And I hate to say this, but I feel like there's a lot of mothers that's so frustrated, so mad, that they just, you know, they just say fuck it and give up. Yeah. But they still love their child regardless. Like, you know, they love them from a distance or through a text message <clears throat> or through, you know, means of social media. But I feel like where the mothers at that really had these concerns about their sons and, you know, how do we attach it to a conversation? How do we attach it to dialogue? Because if we don't talk to them at some point, we already know is only two spots for them. And we always hear death or jail. But I feel like it's worse now. I don't think they have the second option anymore of going to jail the way they're killing each other. Right. 
you know what I mean? And that's the only that's the that's where I'm at now. So that's what's making me push this conversation because I feel like when I was out there, I had two choices, right? But my mother, you know, wanted me to have three, which was go to school, graduate, go to college, and and, and fortunately I did all of that, right? And so there's a lot of people that look at me and you know, look at me like that's what's up, man. You was you was in the thick of it, you know. I mean, we know you, you know. On, on on the south side for certain things, but it's like look at you now though. Look what you're doing now. You full circle. Yeah. So when I think about Gianna, my my baby, um, it, it makes me think about you guys. Meaning, um, the feeling. I mean, I, I had that feeling with my oldest daughter when she was born, but unfortunately, I was locked up. And so when I when her mother brought her up up in Marlboro in the visiting um, little booth or whatever. You know, this big old man looking at this little baby, and my face was full of tears because I'm like. What am I doing? Right. You know what I'm saying? This little baby just moving around. She don't know what she doing. She don't know where she at. She probably, you know, can either not really recognize my voice because she really can't hear me through the glass, but she just kind of, you know, all over the place. And I'm just looking at her like, damn, that's my seed right, right there. And I'm out here bullshitting, acting like I got to be this certain type of way for the neighborhood or whatever the case may be. And so I feel like when she was born, a, a, a bit of me broke then. I felt like God was like, okay. It's time for me to break you a little bit now so you can see what you got that's more important than you. I mean, you, I'm going to give you another opportunity to get out here and do your thing. But if you mess up, that's going to be your choice. I'm giving you a, you know, an opportunity to change it up. So I still went out there, played a little bit, you know, got in some trouble or whatever. And I felt like if, if people always ask, you know, if you, can th- if, you can, if you can have one thing back, what would it be? And the one thing that I would take back is not being able to make the decision to make more time to be with her. Because it took us a long time to even build a relationship. By the time we had a decent mutual relationship, she was graduating from high school. Wow. Right? And so I don't talk about that too much because people ask me, you know, what's up with your oldest daughter, my, my, my sisters, they mother? When we going to see our granddaughter? When we going to see our, you know, our cousin? And it's like it's hard for me to explain um, why don't they see her? And it's not that she don't want to come around, but now she at a point where she's 23. Yeah. She got her own life. Yeah, mm-hmm. So I can't I can't necessarily stop her life and say, hey, you should come in, right. chill with us or chill with the family. But I do send a text message, you know, birthdays, holidays. We text as much as we can. I always try to throw in a little, you know, you should come and meet your sister, you know, just every right now and then not to throw it in her face. But I think the good thing about it is um, her mother, and I now have a great relationship in terms of just talking. Because, I mean, I mean, one night we talked, and um, just out of me, I wanted her to know how bad I felt for not being there as much as I could when we had her. Wow. Even though I was young, and I realized that, but I felt like my mother and my grandmother raised me with that humility, you yeah. know, that empathy. And I felt it when I saw her. And I could imagine listening to some of the mothers now what she went through without me. Right. But I was around, but I was out doing me, living life. So I feel bad about that. So I know um, I had a conversation with a young lady not too long ago, and she was just letting out all her frustrations about having, you know, the kids. And now the youngest one is giving her the most problems, but his father don't, you know, come and help her out with him. And I'm like, I know it gets frustrating. She was like, yeah, men say that. I was like, nah, I'm saying that because I watched my mother go through it all my life. She got quiet. She was like, oh. I was like, so everything that you're talking about right now, I got a full view of it. I mean, I, 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 I even broke it down to it one time. I was like, I remember one time my mother wouldn't even come outside. And I didn't know what that was. But now I understand that that was a breakdown that she had. Hmm. Like, okay. 
It's real. Like full, <laughs> like full breakdown. Pull the mic closer to you so I can, we can hear you. So um, it was a full breakdown. Like what she like like <clears throat> people had to go get food for us for her to bring it back home because she wouldn't go outside. And so when I start telling the young lady this, she kind of looked at me and was like, "So, so when you say, you know, oh, you don't, you wouldn't understand, you a man? Yeah, I am, but I had a full, I had a front, I had a front row view of what you describing right now, twenty, you know, thirty years ago. So the only only thing I'm telling you is, hang in there, because I mean, your youngest might be, you know, whatever the situation is now, but the more you put the pressure on him, the more you keep at him." Those frustrating nights, all of that shit is going to be a beautiful thing at the end of the right. day. Because when he start developing and doing exactly what you need him to do, having your back, taking the trash out, just doing all the door things, you you can be able to, you know, um, think back then and be like, damn, I did a good job. Even though it was frustrating and it had you to a point where you was like, wow, but look at him now. Right. Right. Japur's Clothing is a new stylist, black-owned brand established in 2016. They explore unfamiliar territories in the clothing industry by tailoring their Euro Street vibe into their entire product line to enrich their vision to their customers and all of their clients. In a world where you can be anything, Japuris says, be you, be versatile. Japuris clothing can also be found at www.shopjapurisclothing.com. Com. And Japaris Clothing is also an official partner of this show, Real Talk with the Six Man. Japaris, be you, be versatile. So let's get into this. So let's get into um, some of the things that you guys, um, you know, are concerned about. And I mean, just not doesn't have to be recent doesn't have to be um too far back but you know just give us a take on you know your child how old he is not necessarily what he does but some of the some of the concerns you have and then we'll get into some of the some of the dialogue so whoever wants to go first let me go first okay so my son his name is tommy he's um 18 now um some of the concerns that i had raising him was being an individual I wanted him to be able to be exactly who he wanted to be. I didn't want him to identify with the things he saw on TV or things he saw in the neighborhood because I grew up in Ward 8 Southeast. Mm. With him, we were all over. So I might have sheltered him to an extent until, well, shoot, he didn't even catch the bus till he was like 15. I literally drove him everywhere um, because I didn't want him on the bus. I didn't want him... You know, something bad happened to him. I didn't want that. So right. I said, at one point, I said, you know what? I have to let him go. If I'm a believer in God and I trust God, I have to let him go. I can't shelter him. So when he became a teenager, around 15, I let him catch the bus to school. And he did really good. I honestly can say um, with him, we did quite well until, I'm going to say, the past four years when he started having mm-hmm. sex, That's it. getting introdu- introduced to the girls and the friends, and then the week We like girls. You know what I'm saying? And then that was just like, it was one point, I was like, and just who the hell is this person? <coughs> right. This is not the person that I carry for 41 weeks. Who are you? Like, what are 
are you? Who are you? I have, I end up having to send him to Laurel. It's a uh, it's a school called the Capital Youth Challenge Academy, mm-hmm. which he actually completed last year. Like the past three years, I hated my son. I did. It just it was like I wasn't going to get up on, give up on him, but I was just like, you know what? I'm over this shit. I'm right. tired of the meetings. I'm tired of the talking. He had a big brother, um, Trayon. That's my god brother. He's been very influential in his life. You know, his father's been, I didn't mention that he's been in prison since he was two. So we definitely had a lot of outside influences to encourage him, but he still had to take that path to get mm-hmm. it right. Right. You know, and I'm telling you, it was rough. Like, we started to fight. He started to be a little bit more disrespectful than I thought he would ever be because I could gas my house. So I never thought it would be a point where he tries to, you know, tell me he got taller. So he's like, yeah, mom. <coughs> I'm big, so what's up? And I literally had to fight him. Right. You know, so. And so, you know, and you know, with that being said, I mean, that was the piece of the male role model not being in his life. Absolutely. You Cause know. Because we don't do that. Yeah. My I mother would say something to me and I wouldn't like it, but I would just look at her. And even with the look, she'd be like, what you looking at? Exactly. You got something you want to say? I'd be like, no. She'd pick up, a, I mean, whatever was close to her, whether it was the, the alarm clock, remote, it ain't matter. She would just pick it up and look at let, me. Right. Let me tell you You got something up. you want to say? <laughs> nah. I did all of that. My son, he's five eight, and uh, I stand four ten. But I remember one time, he—I don't know what he did. We had a con- an argument about something, and he like slammed my door, and and I hate you, and something like that. I, just a whole bunch of, and I snapped. I chased out <clears throat> his ass down the hall, and I did like a run, a thirty yard dash, and I jumped up and kicked him, and I like broke the bag with everything in there, and I just like washed my hands. I was like, I'm done. I cannot live like this. This is too much. And my girlfriend, she told me, you can't give up on him. I think in that moment, you're just exhausted. You're just tired mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're trying to feel voice that you cannot feel. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? His yeah. father, I don't care who I had in his life, the big brother, the uncle, the cousin, the whoever. That father that, figure I could not serious. fill that void with his father. And unfortunately, I, well, not unfortunately, I took him everywhere his father was um, where he was locked up. And we went up to, what is it, Raybrook, which is like, 300 miles outside of Canada. We've traveled everywhere, mm. you know, that he's been. He had a relationship with him, but unfortunately he was in the prison, so mm-hmm. it's it's not it's still not the same. Right. Right. So I think he, like, rebelled, you know, and really felt empty, like, everybody has their father. Why don't I have my mm-hmm. father? Mm-hmm. And um, I took him to counseling, and my son, he just, he, he doesn't talk a lot. Um, but we went through it, I'm going to say, from 15 up until now. And I know one thing he told me, this was like three weeks ago, he finished the program in December, what the Capital Youth Challenge Academy is. And I recommend this to any mother, whether whether it be male or female, that's having issues with their teenager. Mm-hmm. It's, they stay on campus. It's in Lawrence, on the same grounds as uh, Oak Hill. Mm-hmm. So, I know. I'm familiar. you familiar with the Capital? I did, I did the, um, the one that's in Aberdeen, Maryland. Yeah, so it was great. They stay on campus, and it's like military style. Mm-hmm. So. It was great for him. I'm telling you, when he first went, he rebelled so bad. He threatened to walk off the campus. Mm-hmm. And they said it's a part of them getting settled in. Mm-hmm. But it did wonders. He finished the program. He passed the GED test. And I took him shopping. His birthday was in March. We went to uh, Clarksburg. And he said, Mom, you know what? Um, this is where life came for me full circle. He said, Mommy, I thank you for sending me there. He said, I mm-hmm. don't know what my problem mm-hmm. was, but I just was going through something. But mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, all the blood, sweat, tears. I was like, dang, I really did something right. I'm mm-hmm. so glad. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, we have a good relationship. 
and I'm announcing some radio. No, nobody know, but I'm getting ready to be a grandmother. Oh wow! Yes, she's getting ready to have a baby. Congratulations! I was pissed off at first because I said, "Well, damn! I had you when I was 18. You couldn't let history not repeat." I said, "You couldn't even give me 19. You (laughs) had to let history repeat itself." Mm. So, um, with that, um, I I, I didn't. I can't say I didn't struggle a lot. I I I did with him, Um, but. It definitely came full circle, and we're just getting started. We have so much to go. But I will say just about the youth in general now, I think what's missing is the village. And when I say the village, the neighbors next door, the people in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. nobody you can't say that to nobody's child anymore. Right. You know, I'm a young mother, but my mother, she raised my neighbors raised me too. I'm telling you, if Miss Sue or Miss Mary um, went across the street to tell your mother you did this or this and that, they'll snatch you up. And then when your mom come come home, you get your ass whipped too. So mm-hmm. I think that's what's missing mm-hmm. in this generation. Nobody wants you to say anything to their children. They, you can't say anything to them. You can't pull them up on it. I don't say nothing to my child. I think that's what's a part of the puzzle that's missing mm-hmm. in our community. You can't say nothing to kids anymore. Mm-hmm. They are so disrespectful. It's crazy. And that's another thing that I fought for my son. I don't care. I told him, I don't care what you do. When you walk these streets, you don't know who's watching. Because I know when I was a kid, my friends used to do things. I used to be like, oh, shit, I ain't doing that. I I, I don't know if that person sitting no right there in that no chair my, 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 my no feel. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have time for that. But mm-hmm. every time I, I, I see people and I walk there, they'll ask me, are you Tommy's mother? I recall this one time. I was in the giant on Alabama Avenue, and I'd never seen this lady. I've never met her. She came up to me. She said, "Um, are you know Tommy's mother? I said, yeah, I, I, I am. How are you? How you doing? She said, I just want to let you know that your son is so mannerable. He's so respectful. And I get that all the time about him. So that was another That's affirmation for me that mm-hmm. I knew that I didn't get everything right. But I told him you'd be the dumbest person in the class as long as you're respectful mm-hmm. and you're mannerable. That would get you a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm just blessed that my son made it to 18. You know, he had his maybe a run-in with the law maybe once, nothing serious. But we have so far to go. And I just pray. You know, I talk to him. And, you know, even with the baby, I said, Tommy, I asked you just about every day when you first came home, are you using protection? I said, do you know about ovulation? I broke down ovulation. I talked to him literally every day. Yeah, we, just, ain't, we ain't it, listen to all that. I'm like, <clears throat> I, it, like why not? Because nah, we, we 18. We ain't trying to. <laughs> I said, <laughs> and my line, G, we ain't trying to hear all that, man. <laughs> like, like, I'm about like, to come through. She thick, man. We about to, man. Yeah, what you mean? You know, I'm 36. I'm somebody's grandmother. Uh, what is it? October 23rd. Mm. Two days before my youngest birthday, I'll be a grandmother. But um, mm. it's a blessing. Um, yeah, my son, I love him to death. I just, I just pray for him. And I just tell him, just watch your surroundings. And you just try to stay busy and just stay out the way as best as you can. Can't say we had any... Um, drug dealer. I think he tapped into it right before I sent him to the program. These young people, they so stupid. They put everything on the internet. He put something on the internet saying something for sale. And I'm like, fool, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Social why you media is everything Social now, media though. is so annoying and so aggravated. It's like, you incriminate yourself. Like, why would you do that? But I think he dibbled in it for a hot second. But I can't say no heavy jail time. Not as if yet. Knock on wood for that. Keep praying for that. But he didn't give me a whole bunch of trouble, but I think for the most part, it's the dad piece because I could teach him a lot of things, but I can't teach him how to be a man. Right. And I consider myself to be a very strong woman, but I I can't do that. And I think I know that is what was missing in my baby's life. I mm. feel if he had a hands-on active man in his life, some things might have been different. And then again, may not. Um, I, I try not to say if I can go back 
like you said, change things. I think life and experiences, they almost make us who we are. And I can't really say that I want the experience to be different because at the end of the day, we came a long way with those struggles and we were able, you know, to come through. But my son, I just pray for him. That's that's all I can do. I pray for him when I wake up in the morning, when I go to sleep at night, and I just pray that he continues to make choices. And I just get, I just pray that he hears my voice anytime he's getting ready to make a stupid decision. He just hear everything that I've taught him in the back of his head because I know that worked for me. I know I used to be in the middle of some bullshit, and I said, I hear my mother in the voice in the background just saying, Shay, that's stupid. Don't do that. Don't follow the crowds. You hear, you you hear those voices. You know, every it, just adults period that you grew up with, and they instill something into inside of you. You you recall those things in the midst of trouble. So I just hope in my son's travel that he continues to do that, or I hope that even happens for him because it's rough. It's rough. I mean, every week we hear hearing about someone dying. And I know for me, I can't bury my son. I don't think that's something that I even want to even consider. It's a lot of mothers that have done it, though. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I don't think I can. I would make it through that. What you got, man? Uh, so I'm a little older than you. My son is 27, and um, when Kevin asked me to speak on raising a a black uh, as a uh, black male in this area um as a single mother i thought back to when um his turning point which is when you were talking about with when he started being disrespectful and um the blessing in that is that i've instilled the fear of me in him because i'm not tall and i knew he would be and so I believe if you um, spare the rod, you do spoil the child. Absolutely. And I whipped his ass, <laughs> I'm telling you, like almost to die. <laughs> and to this day, he'll tell you that. And so I, that's what I, I mean, at some point, um, talking is just not enough. Mm. Absolutely. And um, I'm not saying his father wasn't in his life, but he wasn't... Um, a constant presence in his mm-hmm. life. And so I knew that, you know, there at that time, that's when everyone was saying, you know, I, I don't know, I, it felt like that's when um, the um, the dynamics of how family <coughs> structure was changing. Mm-hmm. And um, there were a lot of women saying they were scared of their sons. And I was like, it's no way. Right, not, I'm not going to ever be scared of a, a person that I brought into this world. I don't care how tall he is. You know, mm-hmm. he could be 6'1", mm-hmm. and I'm 4'4". Four, was, four. That, was that an excuse? I'm just saying that they they were just giving up? No, I actually, I mean, like, they had shows on it. Like, you would see it on TV. Like, mm-hmm. it was, I don't know, it was like, I don't, it was weird to me. And I was Absolutely. like, that is not going to be me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so, yeah, I beat his ass. But... <laughs> At some point, to me, that was where I set that foundation. Like, I'm, I, I just can't tolerate that, you know, not when I'm feeding you. So that was my concern. So as he, as he that must have been like 12, and my concern for him was um, I needed to provide for him. And so then I had to make a tough decision to um, work these long hours mm-hmm. and leave him home alone to mm-hmm. make decisions mm-hmm. um, to 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 be with himself and it was tough because I realized 
um, looking back on it now, that that was a pivotal point for him. And he he, he got caught up in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. because I was not present, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I, you know, there, it should have been a way that I should have been able to balance it, and I didn't. But um, Shay, when I when I hear you tell your story about, you know, you praying and <coughs> you, you wanting to save him, um, my son is twenty seven, and when I tell you prayer changes things, Absolutely. it does. It really, really does. My son is an amazing man, and I'm not saying it because he's my son. But when Kevin was saying, you know, like the the things that his mother gave him um, to be empathetic, to be, um, to care. It was those ass whoopings. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) But also let me nurture you. You know what I mean? Care about how other how you treat other people. Care about. I remember one day he was like, um, he must have been like 17. He had like a government job. We was catching a subway together. And it was all. It was every moment I, that I had with him. It was a teachable moment. So like when we would get on the subway, I'm like, "Don't sit down." Not when there's women standing up. Absolutely. You know, there are moments when you should always be like, "No, I can't teach him how to be a man, but I can teach him how to be a decent human being." Absolutely. I agree. And care about people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, I think that's where that's the piece that I think children are missing, that their parents are just not teaching them how to be decent human beings. Just to care about your next, you know what I mean? Like, if you see a woman, open the door for her. Absolutely. You know, if you yes. see, just, if you <coughs> see someone that's, that that needs help, Failed don't turn your head, mm-hmm. help them. You know yeah, what I mean? And Absolutely. so... Some um, would debate that, though, because some would say that that's what they seen. Their what? parents. That's what their parents seen. D- to not... Just, just discord. Just, you know turmoil so when they get kids it's like you know the same thing right but guess you know what i mean i'm just playing devil's no no and i I get that that's true because i mean yeah you 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 either you can be a product of your environment Mm -hmm. but shoot with me with social media and because we didn't have it Mm -hmm. like some people didn't see it Mm -hmm. no no you just saw what your world was Mm -hmm. right right but now you got social media. Social media will show you another side of the world. Mm-hmm. So when you see better, you should do better. Absolutely. You can't even use that as an excuse. Like, you know, I see my father beat my mom. You can't do that because guess what? This social media will show you that you do. I mean, like, remember that family, I don't know, in California where the kids were like, it was like from 25 to 2 where the parents was, like, neglecting them? Mm-hmm. They were just recently in court. Right. I read that. Mm-hmm. The 15-year-old, guess what? She was making videotapes on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So why didn't the rest of them know? Mm-hmm. The ones that was before her and behind her. What made her special, right? Social media, she got on YouTube and so different. Like, this is not how life is supposed to be for us. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I we mean? We shouldn't so, be chained down and shackled to the bed. Right. Going you, to sleep like this. Because you see, when you see when you see better, you, there, there's... There's a desire in you to want to do better, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we need to nurture. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like, yes, the village should help, um, but where do you, where do you, where do you make your neighbor comfortable enough to say, right? If you see, if you see, if you see my son out here yeah. acting crazy, get at him, get at him. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know. I but did we, that we, we don't feel because, like you said, 
you don't want no one speaking to your son, you know what I mean, or my child. But it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't. It really. So where do we start? How does that Because, see, my son, 27, and I, I want to reach him. I, I, and I, when my son was little or younger, I tried to reach everybody he touched for his friends because a lot of them didn't have it. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of his friends, mothers wasn't there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I tried to make my house available for that. You know where you can, t- and you gotta be real with your kids. Absolutely, you have to. You be can't. Super you like the conversations you gotta have. You gotta be real, like yeah. raw, real, because they gonna get it regardless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So you can't shelter them. I I try. I almost I tried to in the beginning. Yeah. And and I had to hurry up and make that transition because yeah. I couldn't shield them from the world. Can't save them from the right. world. Right. And you then when you when you let them when you let them go, then what happened? Well, I'm not gonna say he went buck wild because he didn't. I gotta be honest. Right. I slow walked him. Yeah. Um, it, I think the experiences were conducive to the age. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. So it wasn't like I let him loose and this was like crazy. No, it wasn't like that. I think as I let him go out and you know he's getting on the bus, he's hanging out with the friends mm-hmm. and things like that. He just was introduced to, to some regular stuff. teenage stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't really bad, but I knew. When I made that decision to let him go, that it was almost on point because, you know, we're not our kids' only influences. And, you know, my mother wasn't strict on me. She let us do us, but we had that trust. With him, I'm thinking, he's a little boy. Oh, God, I can't let him. But, no, when I let him go, it was a—the transition wasn't that bad, but— he still experienced all the things that I didn't want him to do. Look, right. he's getting ready to be a parent. Right. I just knew he wasn't going to do that. Right. He did it, like, right on the nose as soon right. as the buck came home from right. school. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and even with that. But I see the way that he moves with the mother of his child because me and my kids were very affectionate in our house. He cooks for her. You know, I don't—I'm not going to say they're not together. They're young. They go back and forth. But he goes to all the appointments. You know, he's very empathetic. He is. So I love yeah. who he get that true. from. From his right. mother. <laughs> right. From, right. You know, from his mother. Yeah. And even mm. my six year old, he's as soon as we get to the door, he's opening and everyone through go through. But he goes to a Catholic school too. I so bet, they teach them that yeah, day. Because I went there. What, what Catholic school? Yeah, mm-hmm. we went to Saint Francis Xavier. He talks about the world and being nice to your neighbor. He prays in Spanish and all that good stuff. I People, couldn't do it. <clears throat> what you mean you couldn't do it? I couldn't do it with my environment. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. My, I wasn't learning. Yeah, because you could, I mean, you I could be. I was bored. Or you could be put in that situation and rebel from it. So anything that you're taught, you're not retaining it. Um, I would say a little bit of rebellion, but it just wasn't my. I, I was, um, so I kind of been like the. I don't want to say the focus, but I've been kind of famous all my life. Oh, if I can say that. And the only, and only reason why I say famous is because if I got a class. And, you know, and there's some women in the class. Oh. I got cut up a little bit. Oh, you, you got to show off. <laughs> so, so, oh. I, so, I had, so I always had the attention on me, oh, right? So it was like instead of me focusing on doing my work, because I could do my work. Mm-hmm. I just focused on not doing my work. I right. focused on being the life of the party. All the time, and in Clavis School, you in one class all day. Well, that's right. not true. But for you my just school. well, they say they they, they the switched it up recently. But it, it, back in the day, uh-huh. when I was in Clavis School, we had different time periods and sections where we would do different subjects. We would do history this time, math this time. Then we had you know uh, we go outside and have reset, recess and all that. But I was I was you know, and then my mother was like, I'm not gonna sit here and waste this money and pay all this money if he's not gonna be getting the kind of grades. That I want him to get, 
And so some of the conversation going to come in with this story. So when I left um, St. Thomas More. <laughs> okay, they still around my son. He goes to uh, St. Francis. Yeah. I love that school. So when I left St. Thomas More, <clears throat> my mother transferred me to Henley Elementary. Uh-oh. You see how your eye went as <laughs> soon as I said that? Uh-oh. Because everybody knows that's the neighborhood school in Southeast. I mean, it's a couple of them, but. It's called the when, MLK. Right. So, but when you say Henley, people that live in that, you know, Chesapeake, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, Connaughton. That's down the hill. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. that little area, that's where everybody go. Mm-hmm. And so it was like once I got to Henley, um, got my feet wet, so to speak, it was just like, okay, now this is a different element. I mean, I'm still got the game, but now the dudes, it's a different element. Because now they don't like the fact that I'm the pretty boy and I got all the girls in my face. So now they want to fight me. And I wasn't no fighter like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I would I would fight if I had to, but I wasn't that, you know, walk down the hallway bullying people. And I went through that. People don't know a lot of my story, but that's why I was like, I'll, I'll put a little bit of it out there now. But I got bullied when I was in school. You know, I got my shoes taken from me. Well, my brother's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I'm saying So I, I had those moments when that type of shit happened to me And mm-hmm. so it got to the point where um, I tell a few people this story But it's going to be short um, So it was a guy, he was coming to my school every day to beat me up I mean he was in the 7th or 8th grade I was in, I think I was, the, I was, I think I was in the 5th grade oh, God. And he would come to my school at the end of the day And beat me up because I was messing with his girl At the time <laughs> And so long wait, story, wait a minute, you was the 5th grader? I was either 5th or 6th and she, but she, she went to school with me. No, nah, she went to oh, school with me okay. in my class. Oh, okay. He was, you know, coming from junior high school to high school, and I think, and I think she lived in the neighborhood or okay. in his neighborhood. So she was like, you know, she was his, so to speak, because okay. they lived. <laughs> in, you know how back in the day, uh-huh. if you was from a neighborhood and you knew the neighborhood dudes, the neighborhood dudes wouldn't let dudes from another neighborhood come in and mess oh, with yeah. their girl. Right. Okay. So it was that kind of situation. So he would come to my school and beat me up, like literally, like beat me up. Like I would go home bleeding. Whenever we had altercations. So long story short, one time I'm going home and the old head was on was on my street. I was walking home. He was like, Slim, what's wrong, man? Get put yourself together. What's going on? So I told him what was going on. And he told me to bring him back fifty dollars when I got right, you know, when I got my mind right. So I did that. And he gave me a thirty eight. What? He gave me a thirty eight. A, g- a handgun. What? In yeah. the fifth grade? Mm-hmm. What? So that's why I tell people, you know, that element of my life you know, changed my life. Because mm-hmm. from that day wow. forth, I was a different person. Mm-hmm. And my mindset mm-hmm. was, ain't nobody ever going to put their motherfucking hands on me ever mm-hmm. again. And it wasn't going to be this thug mentality, mm-hmm. but it was just, I ain't no fighter. I mean, I'll fight you, but if you bigger than me and you got more experience than me than fighting, then I'm, I'm going to lose the fight. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. So I pulled this gun out and slammed back up on me. And so the first time I had to do that, I walked home, everything was cool, but I could not go to sleep. Yeah, I, know. That's a I could not go to sleep. Yeah. I couldn't go to sleep because I was like, "Yo, I pulled a gun out on him and told him, man, if you, I played the role though, right. oh, nigga, you fuck with me, I'm a man." You know what I'm saying? Oh, my cousin God. all scared and shit. My cousin, like, what you doing? Right. So when he walked away, I walked away, and I was, I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, people always talk about um, drugs, right? And how you take that first hit, whether it's a, a marijuana, coke, you know, drinking, whatever, and you get that sure. first. High, mm-hmm. so that was a high that I never could get again. Yeah, because yeah. it was like I just told this nigga that was coming down here beating me up every day that he wasn't gonna touch me no motherfucker more. And he wasn't, and we went through a whole series of going to the police station, mediation with his mother and my mother, all types of shit. And I mean, they 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 lived in a neighborhood where they, the neighborhood was known 
for what they was known for. But then where I live, it was on the same street as some other known individuals, but it was in the cut, though. So ain't nobody really know us. So it was like at that point, like after, you know, I got that gun in my hand, it was like I changed. I was a different person. Wow. I would go do shit and not even tell nobody I was doing shit and come right. back. And just be regular. But in the back of my mind, I done robbed somebody. I done Oh my god. I done done all types of shit. So was that was that around the time, Kevin, when your when your mother was um still trying to shield you from your brother's life? Yeah. Was okay. Yeah. Okay. So she had no idea that no. you had already experienced no. what she was trying to shield you well, from. Well, and not even that though, but I think my mother knew it was stuff going on. You know, as right. mothers, you know yeah, it's stuff you see, out there. You see the shift. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know it's stuff going on. I'm coming right. home a little later and later right. and later. I mean nothing really bad, but you know, you could just tell it's something going on. And right. so um like I say, I mean that changed my life. I mean, right, right. like all the way, and right. I mean, I, it led me down a road where, you know, we we ain't gonna talk about that road, but that road um, produced me today, right? You know, oh, but goodness. it's a lot with me that comes with me, right. so to speak. So right. when I think about that, and I think about the mothers involved, I feel like you know, I know what I went through with her, right? But I do a lot of mothers out here let that story out because there's other mothers that that's going through what y'all going through right now, but they don't. It's like it don't it don't come out enough because it's like everybody is kind of want to be quiet. Oh, that's my child. I ain't going to put my son out there because he did this, that, and the third. But I feel like at the end of the day, you know, the, the experiences that y'all giving right now, it, when somebody listens to this, they like, well, damn, I went through that. Right. I know what right. she's saying when she say that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not being afraid to put it out there because when I first was going to start doing this, people was asking me, you, you going you gonna to tell people what happened to you? I was like, I got to. You got to be transparent. You have to, you have I said, I got to. I said, because if I don't, nobody going to really take it for serious. Absolutely. And if I tell them my stories, you know, they'd be like, okay, I can relate to that because I, 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 that yeah, happened to me. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? So, um, so for me, you know, my mother was dead. <clears throat> she was she was involved, but like y'all said, I'm hearing the frustration, the kind of wanting to give up. You know, putting the hand, laying the hands. My mother did all that. Right. But after I would turn, you know, maybe 15, and she ran me over to my father. She was like, "Look, he gotta go. Yeah, he can and, go and, live with you." And, and and you know what? The interesting thing about it is, as a single mother, um, I. When I when I didn't like my son, cause I didn't, oh my God. and I and I remember verbally saying it to my mother, like I don't like him. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I said I hate him. You know, like and I was like, um, like I was. It was real for me. Like I don't care. You know, like I don't care that do I had you. Yeah, yeah. I, do what I know. You do. I said I right. hate. My, like I hate right. this little nigga. I, right. I don't like him. Like I want to fight him. Yeah. Like he's somebody on the street. I'm like wow. I don't like him. Yeah. I don't. I, I hate this little boy. Right. I had to pray on that because right. I did not like my son right. for probably like two and a half years. So yes. Let's, so let's we talk, were not yes. friends. So let's talk about that. Um, so that's why I like dialogue. So let's talk about that. So when you got to that point, depending on who want to go first, when you got to that point, how much of that fueled you to possibly go to the father, whether he was absentee or not, and say, look, you got to step in and help me with him? I didn't have that option. I didn't have that option because yeah. his father was in jail. Okay. He was in jail. Okay. And I really, I've always been the financial person. Well, his Let me correct that. His father's side, his paternal sisters, because he has his mother and his sister, they helped me a lot too. Okay. So it's so many women that I had to turn to, and my sister's husband filled in where he could. Um, I really didn't have nowhere to turn, so I'll have that moment that I can't stand him. I hate him. I don't know what to do with him. And then 
his side of family will help me. They'll mm. fill in. And then my girlfriend's like, Shay, I know it's rough. One particular, my best friend, Kai, she said, Shay, don't give up on me. And she gets on my nerve. She said, he's smart. He's going to get through it. Oh, I'm yeah. telling you, yeah. he's going to get through it. I didn't have, I couldn't send him nowhere. Yeah. You know, I might send him to his aunt maybe a couple of days, and it's like, you got to come back home because that's still my baby. You know yeah. what I mean? You got to come back. But in that moment, it just was like, I, I, Personally, I didn't have nowhere to send them. And fast forward, that's why I sent them to the Capital Youth the Challenge Academy because I didn't have no choice. I couldn't send them nowhere. It was nowhere where he can lay or sleep or somebody can care for him. I didn't have no choice. So that program was my last choice mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's funny how God worked because um, not only did I not like him, but he didn't like me. Mm-hmm. And so... And so the feeling was mutual, right? Oh, yeah. And so this, this he, so he, he forced his dad to step up. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to be with her no more. You know she, whatever. You know. And so um, at that moment is when his dad was forced to be like, you know. And looking back on, I'm so thankful that I wasn't that mom who was like, that's my son. Like, oh. no, he's staying. Because, you know, a lot of women, they use their children as, as pawns. pawns you know, absolutely. For whatever you're feeling, you know, however yeah. you're feeling towards that day. I'm here. Right? That so, right. but for me, right. for me, I was like, it was devastating for me because he was my world and I had to learn how to live like, life without him. Mm-hmm. But vice versa. looking back <clears throat> on it, it was the best thing that ever happened to my son because the one thing I've always taught him was that there's no manual on how to be a parent. No manual. And so as a child, I know it's frustrating because you think we should know these things. Well, we don't, right? But the one thing you can learn from us is either you want to be like us or, nah, that's not the kind of person I want to be. You Mm. know what I mean? And so... I've always said that. So going into living with his dad, looking back on it, I can see where he was like, okay, so I'll take his hard work, mm-hmm. but now I don't want to take that other thing from, you know, that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, it wasn't that I asked his father. He was like, I don't like you either. Mm-hmm. So the feeling is mutual. mutual. And I'm going, mm-hmm. peace, I'm going to leave my dad. And I was like, deuces, deuces. <laughs> you know. But really I was hurting inside oh, because. Did you feel like my, you failed them a little bit get out (laughs) you know what I mean because that's how I was feeling you know however I took being a mother very seriously my life stopped like I wasn't going I I didn't do any of that because he didn't ask to come here like I laid down and made a conscious decision to have this little little fella right Right. Mm -hmm. so the fact that he wanted to go live with his dad and I was feeling I felt like I failed as a mother Mm mm-hmm not so much um, because, you know, I couldn't imagine that I didn't, I would not love this little person that I didn't know I could love like that. Right. You know, to Absolutely. get to a point where I'm like, like I can't seriously, like, right. you bye. gotta go. Right. Yeah. So go live with your father. <laughs> you know, right. so, but yeah, that was my, that, so that was the, and he was with his dad maybe a year and a half. Oh. And, and he was like, no, but he was trying to because come back. You, because you see, like like you were just saying, you, you, you see some of the stuff that you like about him, 
And then you start saying the stuff that you don't like about <laughs> so him, and then like, you be like, "Wait a minute! Yes. At least my mother will clean up, or at least my mother <laughs> had dinner ready. At least my, you know what I'm saying? So you start I, thinking about uh-huh. all that stuff. Because I mean, I, I was with my father, and my father was cool, but you know, his thing was drinking. My father loved to drink, and but my mother knew that, so I know, you know, that story that you saying is relatable to me because we had that same situation. I'm gone. I can't live here no more. Good. Go with your father. Be easy. But by then. <laughs> I was already kind of, you know, heavy with, you know, um, street activity. Right. At that point. So she didn't want me in Southeast, so I kind of grew up in Northeast, Northwest, so to speak. So I went to a North Northeast Junior High School, and then when I left there, I went to Roosevelt, which is up Northwest. So I, I got a slew of people that I consider family in Northwest, even though my heart is from Southeast. Okay. So I got the best of both worlds, but I'm saying that to say I got into more shit on the other side of town because nobody knew me. Right. So I could I, I could I could like um, not even maneuver but I, I had a I had another um um I can identify somebody totally different than I could identify with when I was at home. Right. I was like I was like I hate to say this word but I was like that nigga like everybody knew me. <laughs> right. I mean because so No, I'm saying because I sold weed, you know what I'm saying? So everybody <laughs> would come to me for the weed or you know knew I was the dude that could get the connect or whatever. I mean, because my father, he would get drunk and go to sleep. I would take his keys and drive his car. Right. You know wow. what I'm saying? So I was that dude. I was like, man, I'm about to call Kim. See what's up with you. So I was just, I was just that person. And I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, in a lot of dudes' lives, it was a lot of dudes that was that dude when they was in school. I'm just saying, right. I was, I was one of those dudes. I mean, I wasn't trying to be that. I just ended up being that. When you, yeah, yeah. You know, because of, you know, just because of the stature and the people that were. Because I remember my therapist. I had to go to therapy one time. Cause I had a I had a fucked up attitude, and the therapist asked me, um, "Do you do you consider yourself a leader?" I was like, "Nah, I don't I don't consider myself a leader." She said, "By the stories that you're telling me, you've been leading people in ways that you don't even know. They've mm-hmm. been following you, and you ain't even know it. You've been follow, They've been following you to, to make bad decisions, and you didn't even know you was putting them." So one 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 instance was we went we went out one night, and I asked the dude to go do something. And he did it, but it was a bad decision. But he did it because I asked him to do it. So she made me think about it in that regard. Right. What if you can take that spirit and and re-engineer it and take it in another direction and start right. giving people, you know, something different? Absolutely. And at some point, I did that. Right. But I still would get into my little, you know, mishaps. But I would I would say by the time I had my youngest daughter, it was it was mm-hmm. like it was done. It I was agree. done. Mm-hmm. Right. So so you know when my you know living with my father, it was cool because I learned some of the stuff from him. Like you said, you learn some stuff mm-hmm. right. that's good, but then right. you go back and look at Mom Dukes and be like, man, I got to go back to Mom Dukes. So I ended up going back, right? But, I, you know, I, I, I started playing football. I, I tried to start doing some stuff in her eyes, you know, that mm-hmm. she would see that was good. But the only thing that I like to talk about now um, in, in regards to that is, you know, my mother, she moved out. She went and found her, you know, her man. And I think oh. that's what she needed. I mean, I, I mean to be honest, I okay. think that's what she needed. But she moved out. Mm-hmm. So I was in junior high school. My brother was in high school. Mm-hmm. We was the only two boys in Southeast at that time that had a house, townhouse, by themselves. Mm-hmm. What? My grandmother was in the basement. But grandma, you know, that's mm-hmm. grandma. She mm-hmm. come up, check on us, cook, whatever. But, but we had a house. Mm-hmm. And so I try to tell people all the time that since I was maybe like, you know, 12 or 13, Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was selling drugs. We had a house. We was doing whatever the fuck we wanted to do all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a long time. Are you serious? 
Dead serious. Yeah. I, wow. I, when I tell people, when I tell people stories about the Green Door, I was my man was online the other day. He was like, "Man, what are we gonna do a podcast about the Green Door?" I said, "We gotta think about that one because there's so <laughs> much that went on." You know, we got we got to make sure that you know uh, a statute of limitations is gone. <laughs> okay, because we, right. we did a lot well, of shit. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. we did a lot right. of shit, and I feel like with that being said, my father still came around, but it got to the point as I got a little older that me and my brother, instead of him coming to us, we would go to him. Yeah, you know, because we could we could extend, you know, see what's up with him, watch football or whatever. But we still by then we was men. Right. You know what I'm saying? Going through a lot of shit. And then men think that fathers don't really care. But I, I told my man the other day, you see, my father wasn't really there. But I remember one time that I was smoking outside. I told him I was out front. So he came downstairs and I was smoking. He just looked at me. He was like, you smoking weed? I was like, yeah. And in my mind, I'm thinking it's cool because he my father. He was really mad. Yeah. Fuck you smoking that for? And it like changed the whole dynamic between me and him for like two years. Right. Cause I was like, "What you mean? I'm then ain't this what you do?" He's like, "I ain't never, I ain't never smoke no drugs. I drink, but I don't do that shit, man. Right. Get that shit out of here." So I left. Mm-hmm. I, I, our relationship was cause I was like, "Who is this nigga talking about? Right. Fuck mm-hmm. he talking about? Right. That's the shit my mother talk about, and then this nigga talking this shit too. Man, I'm gone. So it's like." That's the dynamic now that I'm talking about where you got the mother who felt like she done so much, mm-hmm. all she could do, I'm you know, e- either you you push them to the father or you push them to family members, right? And now the family members kind of getting at him, and he like, I don't want to hear that shit, and now they gone somewhere else. Mm-hmm. The deep end. That's how I, that's what I'm calling it now because it's the deep end now. Because when you got the youngest walking outside with guns right. on Saturday afternoon just shooting 80 rounds in the air, right. what what end are they on? They on right. the deep end. Oh, they yeah, they right. on they on the, the way out. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when I talk about that, I mean, you know, what are those concerns, you know, when your son walk out the house, you know, now? I mean, we, we, went, we went, you know, back in the day, but now it's different now. It's right. different. So, no you know, because I know for me, crazy. you know, I got two, I mean, God, God, God is good that I got two daughters, but stuff can happen to them too. Oh, just stuff on the news. Driving down the street. You know, when I heard about the little boy who got thrown over the third floor um, tier at the mall of Mall of America, and the dude, they he was he he wasn't supposed to be in the mall, and some kind of way he was mentally challenged, and he threw the little boy. The boy was five, I think. I was like, okay, but for me, I feel like now, you know, when y'all were talking about, you know, you can't talk to him, you can't talk to him. That's what they saying now. You can't talk to these youngers. You can't. You can't talk to these young, but I do. I talk to them all the time, and I don't, I don't, I don't spit nothing but true, true build to them. I mean, sometimes I gotta get them instances of shit that I did, so they can know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. I may give them a specific situation that I see them going down, so I can tell them, you, this not the way you have to go, Slim. Right. You can go this way if you want to. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. But if you decide to go that way, I'm telling you what's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? You gonna do that? Somebody gonna find out you did it. They gonna be looking for you. Then something gonna happen to them. It's go. It's it's, it's it, you seeing it playing out now. Yeah. You got on your man's shirt right now, right? That's your man's shirt. He died, right? That's yeah. your man, right? Uh-huh. Next week, that's gonna be you on that right. shirt. Right, uh-huh. right. Oh no, nah, Kim, you don't know what you're talking. I know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. That's gonna be you on that shirt. And then when y'all go retaliate, then your man gonna be on that shirt. And then when they come back and retaliate, then they man, it the shit just gonna keep going. Right. Keep going. Keep going. You know going what I'm saying? Go. It's just gonna keep going. So I feel like at what point, you know, as parents, because we parents. We, we we raised our kids, but it's like now, it's like it's kids out there that need parents like us that they don't have. Right. What's the concern now? Because it's like now our, our children are okay. We feel like we raised them okay, but how do they relate to the kids or certain situations that might happen out in the street? Because I was on I was on the um I was on the subway one time and a youngin like bumped me. 
this was a while back. He bumped me, and I was like, Slim, you all right? He was like, nigga, you all right? Oh. I ain't even waste no time. I grabbed him right up here in his car, lifted him up off the ground. His man was like, oh. I'm like, Slim, don't do that, dog. I'm a grown man, Slim. Right. If you out here playing for them, you're going to get yourself hurt for them. Right. There's no need for that. So that's kind of where I want to take it now, the concerns now. So when, Because we, we know, you know, his profession is a little different, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, you know, he still kind of, you know, He's still teetering. trying to find his way. Yeah. So what's the concern now? You, you mean for for my son or just the just, generation? Just just your son in general, because I mean, there's nothing you can really do about, Oof. you know. I mean, you can care like you said. You can kind of have the village aspect, but what's the concern now for him in so, general? So my concern for him now is um, just being a black man in the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. You know, who um, who has a profession. But when his when whatever that profession look is when it's on, they know who he is. But when he isn't, he's still a young black yep. man in the D.C. area, and he. So my so my concern is, um, how he will be treated, mm-hmm. and I need him to I need him to make it home somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, so, although. He does what he do. My concern is his level of um, tolerance to what this environment is now. I mean, because it's, I mean, racism is here and it's oh, out and, it's, and it's, you know what I mean? Oh, and that that's what my concern is and how he, because let's just be honest, um, up until now, he really didn't experience it. Right. Not to the level what it, it's showing it now, now, right? Right. And so, did I equip him for that uh, as an uh, adult man to be able to handle it right. if he didn't know anything about it? Because right. I didn't share, I didn't share those stories with him. You know, I didn't tell him. I didn't think it was important. Who would have thought in 2019 we would be in this kind of environment? Right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so, as a mother to an adult male, who I didn't. That's what my concern is, because now I I feel like I need to have those kind of conversations with them. Um, but he's a man, right? So so how do I address that to an adult male? You know what I mean? Um, so that that's what my concern. You what know. You say? Well, well, my son, my mother, and I we we're kind of like intellects, so I would always tell him, you know, you have a couple of strikes against you. You're a black man, and you're in America, so you have to be twice as smart twice as everything I, I told him that but I think telling him that and experiencing it is two different things and he said you know recently when he went up to the Chick-fil-A in Tellingtown um, he brought his application you know the lady lost it he did everything that um, she asked him to do and he never got the job and she, he said you know every time I go up there and a Hispanic person comes in mm. she takes them to the back and you know, during the interview process. And mm-hmm. each time I go back up there, she takes them. But with me, it's always something mm-hmm. wrong with my application. It's always something. So what do you tell him? So I just tell him, you know, if you have a complaint, you know, you get her name. 
You can call Human Resources, mm -hmm. you know, and you just move on from there. I tell him, anytime you do anything, document it. I said, and he's real nonchalant about it because it's like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I can find me another job. But, you know, I tell him, I don't know if it sticks with him or not, but I told him, get her name, call headquarters, call Human Resources to report that. Mm -hmm. But I told him, it's a whole lot of those experiences that you're going to experience throughout your life, and it definitely gets worse. I also gave him a scenario. It's going to be a time that you and your other counterpart, you guys apply for the job, you'll have a degree, the other person may not. And they'll get it. I said, so sometimes it's going to be visually, and then sometimes it's going to be, you know, racism that you can't see. So I said, mm -hmm. you know, we talk about it. Right. You know, we definitely have had conversations. The Amigos conversations, definitely taking over. You know. Right. You know, so we have those conversations. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the only thing I can do is just continue to talk to him when he has those adversities and just explain to him. But life is like the best teacher and I think as you go through things you learn because oh, I can speak it to his ear all day mm -hmm. but when you experience it it's a whole different ball game so right. that's so point. I mean I'm going to end it like this I mean I, I, I wanted to get into some of the questions but like I tell everybody this is not something that's scripted this is not something that I try to um, you know facilitate too much because I want people to be as open and, and free with their discussion as possible so I mean not saying that I'm sorry that we couldn't get through all of the questions but I feel like with just the experience experiences and the and the relatable um acknowledgments that you guys gave I feel like some somebody will feel this conversation and we may need to have it more in depth and so, so basically you want us to come back that's what you said. I mean, you, I mean, it's always a possibility <laughs> to come back, but my thing is come back, but do it on a bigger scale. So, Absolutely. so I'm always thinking bigger scale. Like, so when I started this, um, you know, I didn't know how I was going to impact people, right? And so when I started doing it, I start people from you know Italy inboxing me. Hey man, I'm listening to you in Italy. I'm in, I'm stationed in such and such and such. Wait, what? He said, yeah, you know here. Yeah, he went to Baloo. That's my man. Yeah, he told me about you your show, so I'm listening to it. Nah. Okay. And so uh, he like. Uh, yeah, man, I like what you're doing, man. I like some of your discussions, especially the one. And when they start telling you exactly what you was talking about, right. that means they was really listening. Listen mm -hmm. to you. So I look at it now like, you know, if this is going to be something that the big homie upstairs got me doing, why not do it in a way that, you know, I'm comfortable with? So I don't want to ask a whole bunch of questions. I don't want to get into you no know, personal business. But, I mean, as much as you get out, you know, I want you to give it to me, but I want it to be, you know, what you feeling at the time. Right. So I appreciate y'all coming through, man, um, with, with the conversation. Because I feel like it's still a conversation that needs to be a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, people people sometimes feel like we didn't give them enough, but I'm like, y'all gave me enough. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like, you know, just the way I opened up, y'all kind of knew what I was going to talk about. And, you know, when you was like, bye, I don't give a fuck, he can go. And then you was like, I hated my son. And that's the shit that they need to know. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's real. It's a real emotion. It, it, it is. And it's okay. okay. It's okay. That's right. made it's a okay bad parent. It's a real not I hated my right. son. I told him to. I, you know, I did tell him that. Like, I'm like, I don't know who this joker is. I can't stand his ass. I mean, with my mother, we went through that too. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like at 18, 17, when I had my oldest daughter, you know, we, we kind of went through that. And I think even with my mother, watching the little baby, you know, at that time, kind of slowed her down because right. she was like, now nah, I'm a grandmother. Now I got to focus on the baby because he's still out here wilding. So it's just, yeah. the conversation still needs to, to, to be had, but Absolutely. we need to, we need yeah. to. We yeah. need to keep having So again, I appreciate y'all coming. You're welcome. Thanks for um, having me. I appreciate me. the listeners, man. This this topic um, is probably going to come back up again, y'all. But I feel like we just need to keep having dialogue. And everybody always asks me, why do I? Where do I get? You know, be better than you were yesterday. Because I feel like it like this. If you woke up and you you know you bumped somebody, you had a bad confrontation with them, and you know something happened, you have the opportunity of God give you life. 
to, to be better it. than you were yesterday. Absolutely. So that's yes. why I got that from. Yes. That's why I got that from. Yes. So I, I, I appreciate y'all again. Um, this is Six Man. I want y'all to keep listening. I got something else coming for y'all um, next week and the week after. I got some stuff lined up. So I want y'all to just keep tuning in. Just keep working with me. And I appreciate all the support and all of the you know encouragement that I get. And until next time, y'all be Chapur's Clothing is a new stylish black-owned brand established in 2016. They explore unfamiliar territories in the clothing industry by tailoring their Euro Street vibe into their entire product line to enrich their vision to their customers and all of their clients. In a world where you can be anything, Chapur's says, be you, be versatile. Chapur's clothing can also be found at www.shopchapurisclothing.com. And Chapur's clothing is also an official partner of this show. Real Talk with the Six Man. Chapur's. Be you. Be versatile. Have you ever needed an important document notarized and your bank was closed? Need someone who would be reliable, punctual, and provide great customer service? Call my man Maurice over at Austin Mobile Notary, 757-325-7353, or email him at austinmobilenotary at gmail.com. Austin Mobile Notary is a new mobile after-hours and weekend notary service. Mention this podcast, Real Talk with the Six Man, and Maurice will give you a $5 credit towards your first bill. Remember, Austin Mobile Notary for convenient mobile notary services. Austin Mobile Notary, y'all. Check them out. Six Man. Y'all be easy.